Uh, Phil, that was uh, Craig Hamilton. Uh, very, very knowledgeable guy. Obviously been at this for about 40 years, has had multiple experiences worldwide. And, you know, um, who am I to judge? But I thought he was a very balanced, healthy, uh, happy guy. Well. Which is always a good sign. <laughs> so we seem i wonder what people think of us yeah but go ahead god knows what they think yeah. of us <clears throat> everybody's complicated but i always enjoyed craig company i've known him for a long time and uh and i i think uh one of the things that I, I like you i value in spiritual teachers is when they're real and mm -hmm. grounded and human and you know craig fits the uh, description <laughs> yeah he's got quite an operation going <clears throat> what would his what he teaches it would it be in the category of uh uh you know wakefulness uh what you know what what is that popular movement in the meditation awakening well, Awaken yeah um, mind, mindfulness no not mindful i would I, I hate categorizing mm. people who have a, a integrative and holistic mm -hmm. approach to spirituality, which is the kind of thing Craig uh, mentions. If if you're thinking of the um, the neo Advaita non dual right. people, uh, if you if you look at what he's teaching and you know the sort of uh, philosophical or intellectual framework of it, you would probably fit it into that category of non-dualism. But uh, I, I, you know, he has his approach and um, the critique of, of a lot of the non-dual people who are dis, you know, uh, um, had, had, a, had a tendency to disconnect from the world mm -hmm. And, you know, think that everything, you know, methods and, and teachings are useless and you just have to sort of he's not in out that of boat. it. I would not put him in that boat. Okay. No, he's always, wanted, he's always been you, in the world. Yeah. I wanted to ask what you thought about. Uh, he talked about uh, people, you know, coming from traditions, like I would assume yeah. India, but that part of the world. And uh, they, they have a preconceived notion which may, may be a very good thing about spirituality. So on the one hand, they approach it with more reverence. On the other hand, yeah, um, they, they, um, uh, they may be harder to teach. I mean, my experience was when I was in India <clears throat> involved with TM, if I mentioned meditation to anybody, they would always say, oh, we know all about it. My uncle yeah, and yeah, yeah. my family. And, and they, they did know things, but often there were... Uh, different than what I might have been uh, uh, speaking about or what their friends might have been speaking about, but it made it a little bit more difficult. It's like everybody felt like they knew all about it, whereas in the West, especially back when I was first teaching meditation, like in the 70s, it was new to everybody. So they just, yeah. you know, if they were interested, you, you had their full attention and they absorbed it like a sponge. Well, I think <laughs> both, of, both of things are true. I mean, you know, I've gone to India many times. Uh, you meet different people, and there are highly secular people who think all this spirituality stuff uh, uh, from their 
heritage that we value so much, they think it's bull. They think it's just old superstition <clears throat> and useless. And there are just secular people in the world. There are intellectuals, often with Marxist training, who just reject <clears throat> the whole thing and are opposed to it and <clears throat> think it's been terrible for India. And of course, the bulk of everyday people uh, have a deep you know, spiritual tendency and what we think of as a religious life. Uh, but most of them are bhaktas. You know, they, they don't necessarily have a, a meditation practice or a yoga practice. They do rituals, they do pujas and all that. So uh, techniques like meditation are, are new to some people in, in the traditional world. So, I mean, this stuff is complicated. And I think what Craig was referring to is people in the West who had been with gurus, who had studied Vedanta, who had be, are yogis, have gone on meditation retreats, maybe, you know, been with a, a spiritual lineage for a long time. Um, that, that, that's a different kind of thing than uh, people in India, for example, or many people in India, but very different from somebody coming to it from a purely secular or or like you and I were mm -hmm. 50 years ago, you know, it was like, we don't know anything. We just suddenly, you know, started reading Alan Watts and, and right. you know, hearing Don't about do. the Beatles going to India. And we said, <clears throat> Give me some of that. You know, I want that. And so that's right. very different from somebody uh, even in, in those days who might have been, you know, deeply immersed in, in something. I, I also, I'm trying to remember if... Uh, Craig was mentioned in your book, American Veda. Did I mention him by name? I can't remember. I'll, I'll have to look it up. <laughs> so I I'm knew him. Then. No, him. that's how I met him when I was yeah. when I was searching American Veda. Right. Uh, we mentioned in our interview briefly, uh, or maybe it was after you left, uh, the magazine What is Enlightenment, which had mm -hmm. had a good run for several years, and Craig was the editor of that for some oh, really? time. So that's where I mean that was a long time ago, but that's when I I first met him, and then he left there and started you know teaching on his own and stuff. But I I thought that magazine uh, did a very good job of sorting out in good journalistic fashion. Mm -hmm a lot of the issues that our generation of seekers especially were wrestling with and were trying you know and and learning about uh back in i, I get my decades mixed up now yeah. but, but it was probably the 80s and 90s for the most part into the into the new century probably but um so yeah so i think uh, uh craig has always had a a, a well-rounded and uh, insightful approach to his his work. I, I, and I, I'm saying that just um, without in-depth knowledge. I've right. never taken his <clears throat> his online courses or his programs, mm -hmm. but he's 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 got he's taught and reached you know thousands of people uh, and uh, has made. Uh, uh, quite a, it has developed quite a right a, a but the, the other thing that comes out is uh, that when people use the word meditation 
it can mean many, many things. Uh, I, like I mentioned, I yes, mean, indeed. I've been involved with TM for 50 years and TM was always about going inward, transcending. That was the emphasis. I think it's some, like he was mentioning, having an innocent awareness and letting things just flow, not associating it with meaning or feeling or whatever, and, and that mindfulness. And so um, when you hear the word, for people that are new at this, uh, when you hear the word meditation, yeah, it can mean a lot of contemplation, concentration, all of those things get put under one umbrella. And now yeah. mindfulness, it's all, they mix them up. But yeah. what, you know, coming back to Craig, what Craig was talking about, he was, that was an example he gave. I would not uh, leap to the conclusion right, right. that what he was uh, no. speaking about was what he teaches. It was just right. one element. It was an example to answer one of our questions. But what was interesting is the way he framed it and that kind of non-doing right. and effortlessness that he was uh, describing sounded very much like the instructions in techniques like TM, and, and I say like because there are others <clears throat> that are similar where, you know, mind control and the involvement of the, you know, the personality and the ego and everything is, you know, just relaxed. Right. Um, yeah, the other and, thing he brought out is there are teachers there, and I think of Swami Satya Dananda, who was a very much a traditionalist, as I understand it, from speaking to his students, whereas... First, you go to step one, then step two, then step three, then step four. You go up the ladder and everybody follows the same path step by step. Whereas Craig was saying, you know, I think that's okay sometimes, but other times somebody's ready to go here or they're here and they have an experience here and we have to guide them that way. And I thought that was very interesting. Yes, Ben, think of this. Now, I don't want to, I don't know if that's true of Satchitananda, but what I think thought of when Craig was saying that was that some of the gurus who came here, the most famous ones, including Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, who we studied with, including Yogananda, right. they too <clears throat> did that and departed mm -hmm. from tradition. Because it's true, in certain lineages, it's a, it's a big process. You do this, and later you can do this, and then you're eligible for that, and then you learn this. And you have to renounce the rest of the world. Well, that's well. If you're a monk, another ball of wax. If you're a monk, yes, but right. that doesn't apply to everybody. I mean, that's only for a few people. But, but, but aren't there some lineages where only monks, only those that are recluse, get these get certain practices? Yes, yeah. absolutely. And and people like Yogananda and Maharshi and maybe some and some of the others, they said, no, you know, this just this stuff. Is, should be available to every, not only to everybody, but Marshi used to use the term highest first. Right. And so he would, he was, what he was, the meditation practice that we call TM, just like certain of Yogananda's teachings that were, and they took flack for, for teaching these things to anybody who wanted it. Mm -hmm. And their take on it was, no, these have been misinterpreted. You, these are practical methods that people can use and the other things come along as well. Uh, but at the same time, certain things were taught 
for a while, and then you became eligible to take an advanced technique. Now, I don't know if that's true of Craig. Certain things he's teaching right off the bat that he mm -hmm. calls direct path. And I think some of the gurus from India did the same thing. At the same time, there were prerequisites for learning more advanced things. So it gets complicated. Interesting. Well, I think he was a fascinating guy. I'd like to have him back on. Yeah. And, and again, you know, when you interview a lot of people, and especially if they're talking about spiritual development, you, you often notice how they are and how they're feeling and how they interact. And uh, he seemed like a terrific guy, as do all our guests. And, all and, of our guests are wonderful human beings. And, and, uh, and on that subject, sort of, uh, for those who would like to see us continue and keep our, our archives open and available to everyone everywhere, uh, uh, and they want to directly help, you can contribute. We have, uh, we're not a nonprofit, I should mention, it's not a donation, but we wanna thank those people that have contributed and uh, helping us to, to stay on the air. And if you go to spiritmatterstalk.com, that is our website. We have almost 300 shows archived there. Anybody can go and we wanna keep it that way free and open to all. Uh, but if you want to contribute, it certainly would help. And look, now we, we've upgraded the technology. So now you can actually yes. see us. And, and this, well, this, what, this, what, is what, a, this a requires us to get dressed. And Yeah, as a matter of fact, if you notice, <laughs> this shirt is slightly different than the shirt I wore in the interview. Me this too. I don't look. That's oh, right. Yeah, we I actually took I, a break there are in people between. people that notice that I wore the but, same sweater. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, so and we want to upgrade all this, folks. So thanks for your help. Okay, Thank Dennis, you. see you next Over time. Now.